0: Welcome to The Naked Point of View, where our conversations bear it all. I'm your host, Dee, Dee Croslin. The Naked Point of View is a podcast based on the extraordinary connections and stories I've experienced for my 20 years in the intimate apparel industry. I'll be having inclusive, educational, and sometimes funny conversations with people making a difference in the world of image, of the mind, and as it always evaluated, body. Our interviews will host a range of people in fashion, fitness, and wellness who have all made inspiring impacts and talk about some of their struggles to get there to educate us about body and mind positivity. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to us there at all. Hi everyone, I'm Dee Dee Croslin and today I'm speaking with Tim Sodaday. He's the founder of Broya, which is an organic bone broth company. If you are looking to up your wellness intake game and what you're consuming, you will need to listen to his story. On this podcast, Tim will talk about how his gut health issues growing up led him to researching better ways to feel better and eventually create Broya. He'll talk about his long research journey and understanding the difference between factory farming versus local farmers and the many health benefits of bone broth. He'll also talk about his views on self-reflection and internal family systems. Welcome, Tim. How are you?
1: Hey, Dee. I'm doing great. It's great to be here.
0: I know. I'm so excited to talk to you. I absolutely love your product, and we're going to get more into that. But I like to start at the beginning. So what did you study in school, and what did you think you would be when you grew up?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, actually, like wanted to be a cop when I grew up. <laughs> and I think that was probably was probably because my neighbor, who was like my best friend, his dad was a cop. And I was like, that's pretty badass. <laughs> but yeah, in school, I... I was drawn to biology pretty early, actually, in, in high school, and just kind of thought it was super interesting just learning about the body and like how, you know, the first time you learn about a cell, you're like, whoa, I got I got a bunch of these. I'm like, where are they? I don't see them, you know, and look under a microscope, you're like, oh, crazy. And yeah, so I, I did biology in my undergrad. Uh, I went to Western and my last year I did a research project and quickly found out I didn't want to spend my life in a lab. So that was good. You know, I think, I think part of what we want to really be doing in life is figuring out what you don't want to do or what you're not meant to be doing. So that was a good uh, kind of first step. And then, yeah, I was pretty lost after undergrad, to be honest, and just started working in, you know, real estate. My family comes from like a real estate background and got a commercial real estate job and then eventually did an MBA. And the MBA was kind of a great place for me. I, d- I did it pretty young. I started at like 24. Uh, most of my classmates were around 30, like 35, even in their 40s. Um, so it was, a, it was a great environment to just be in as like kind of this, you know, beginner, like with this like real beginner mind and knowing like I'm the dumbest person here for sure. And, and I really enjoyed that and kind of thrived on that because to me, it was just like, wow, I... I like the learnings here are kind of endless, you know, and like there's, I'm for sure going to learn a lot, you know? And so, and it was also just a nice time to, you know, when you're in school, you don't, you're not like working every single day. So you have this, you have this kind of added time to reflect and understand like, what am I really doing here? You know? And, and, you know, I was going for the consulting job and after the first semester, I realized like, that's, that is not what I want to be doing either, you know? And Luckily had a, uh, had an awesome entrepreneurship class my second year. And that one, that kind of like put me over the top, like thinking like, okay, like, uh, I'm definitely not ready for entrepreneurship, but I'm, I see that as like, it's inevitable almost, you know, it's, it's almost like it's in my DNA. So.
0: And then I also read that you had health issues growing up, which is probably in a led to gut health issues, which I'm sure was the catalyst and thinking more seriously of your health and well being, Did you go right into developing Broya or did you have kind of like a career path prior to that?
1: No. Yeah. I, I mean, I was always interested in my health and I was always like, I was actually kind of like a chubby kid growing up and you know, like my parents didn't know that much about what it meant to be healthy and all that. Like, you know, they're like immigrants from Iran and, uh, you know, they they did their best. And, but the reality is, is like, we ate, my brother and I ate like McDonald's quite a bit and, you know, processed foods and cheese. And I loved processed cheese when I was younger. And, you know, led to a lot of uh, digestive issues, you know? And and I think really set a, set a foundation for a gut that is not, able to take a lot of beatings almost, you know, and because mm-hmm. if I eat something wrong these days, it's, you know, I'll, I'll feel it and you know, it, it will affect me for sure. Right. And, you know, it's kind of a vicious cycle. Like if, if you, if a, if a meal affects me, then it's like, okay, my sleep gets affected. Then like my the next day is affected, you know? And it's like, holy crap, I'm really playing catch up here now, you know? So at an early age, I was very focused on how I can eat better. And that led me to the paleo diet when I was around like 19, 20 years old. Oh wow. And yeah. So yeah. So a while ago, I was like, I was in university. And actually the paleo diet led me to sourcing very high quality meats. Cause I read this book called It Starts With Food. It's kind of like the the people who started the whole 30 diet. And one of the things I remember they mentioned in there was, you know, it's it's great to eat organic, it's really important but if you only have one choice to eat something that's high quality make sure that high quality thing is meat and you know i really thought that was you know i'm like yeah it makes sense cuz there's a lot of things that can get stored in the fat of uh, of meat and and a lot of like the toxins and all that stuff and i was like okay like that's that's important so i started to kind of source out basically like every farmer that was like within a two hour radius of Toronto and started calling them up.
0: Really at that age?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was it's quite early. Yeah.
0: And then, so what was next for you? So then what did you do with that information?
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it was more of a personal journey towards being healthy because I realized like I always worked out, like I actually started lifting weights when I was like 14 and it's pre- pretty early. I mean, I was always athletic I was, you know, I played soccer and hockey growing up. But then I I kind of like, a pretty big gym rat, like starting, starting in grade nine to grade 10, 11. And I just wanted to get stronger, like physically stronger. And I, you know, would lift a lot of weights and, and I was getting very strong. And so I was kind of thinking like, okay, is working out the only way to be healthy? Like, that's what I thought. I'm like, I can eat whatever and just like work out, you know, and obviously that's not true. Right. So the next step was kind of getting my food right. And that came a lot later, like it took me years to figure that out when I was like, you know, 1920, like I said, and then, yeah, with that, it was just like a bunch of tinkering with, with my diet and with, you know, not getting too dogmatic into, you know, any type of specific diet, just because this is what the experts are saying, but really just testing it for myself. And yeah, that kind of led me towards bone broth. Eventually, as I was sourcing meat from local farms, I was getting, you know, the whole animal, basically. So you know all the cuts of meat, plus the organs, plus the bones, and didn't really do anything with the bones at first, but eventually got into bone broth. But that was later, later, you know, that was probably like, 2425, I started to actually understand the health benefits of bone broth so yeah
0: and then you also understood the difference between factory farming versus local farmers tell us the difference and why it's important
1: yeah yeah totally well first and foremost it's it's always better to source any kind of food from a local farm cuz that just you know eliminates the actual shipping component of it and you know shipping is You know, it's a, it's a stress on the environment, right? Like you're just, if you can eliminate that, it's just better, you know? And, um, so that's one important thing. Uh, I would say the other big thing is a lot of local farms are a you know, much smaller. So essentially they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not like, they're not using these massive slaughterhouses, you know, and, and shipping their cattle to cross the country or like a like a like really far away to you know to get harvested and so these local ones are you know there's there's a few in kind of an area there's a small abattoir that's close by and it's all kind of within the area so and and then you know you, you know what's going on in the on these farms so you can actually drive there talk to the farmers just like understand who they are like that's one of the things that I was really interested in from the beginning was going to these farms and meeting these farmers and being like what like who are these people that are doing this you know um it's like because I didn't know any farmers living in a city you know growing up in a city most most of us probably don't you know and and then you kind of start to see like there's there's a certain type of person that's a farmer you know and and that was very interesting to me just to kind of get to know them a little more
0: And I know you've had said before that eating is a sacred experience. And so it seems like you've done a lot of your research. So what we also like to discuss on the Naked Point of View is the entrepreneurial journey. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in your early 20s, you did all your research. So when did you finally jump the gun and get into starting Broya?
1: Yeah, I started Broya when I was like around 27. So I'm 32 now and the journey was really, I was, you know, I was, like I said, I was working in real estate, uh, wasn't really fulfilled with what I was doing. And, and as I mentioned, a new entrepreneurship was kind of like always going to be there at some point for me, like I was going to take that leap. I still didn't think at 27, I would actually take it, but I I did. And thankfully I did because there isn't really ever the right time for it, you know? I imagine it's like having a kid. I don't have kids, but you know, <laughs> that, you, that's what they say. It's like you're never ready for a kid or whatever, you know? It's, it's kind of <laughs> like you're never ready for entrepreneurship because you're just like you don't you don't have the tools, you know? And an entrepreneurship class in an MBA program like hey, it'll it, it'll teach you like point like like less than 1% of what you need to know, but it gives you an idea a little bit about what's involved a little bit, but then when you dive in, you're like, Oh shit, there's a lot more involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, so it kind of started actually, interestingly enough, I didn't start it by myself. I started it with, uh, actually three other guys and two of them left very early, just kind of wasn't for them. You know, it was just like, they're like, I can't do this and not make any money. You know, and we're like, so it was me and another guy and we were at it for a few months like we didn't have money. We're like, how how are we going to fund this? And, and then he left very early as well. And like, before we even had a product, so it was just me. And then I was thinking to myself, like, well, am I going to do this or not, you know, and yeah, I decided to really go for it, you know, and really, I could have really stopped right there. There was like, no, no money invested, like, you know, it was very, easy to just stop. But there was just something inside of me that was like, you got to go, dude, like you got to do this. So yeah, I'm really, really happy that I listened to that.
0: No, oh, that's incredible. And then so where do you even begin? Where do you even mm. begin to know how to make it where to make it and, yeah. and all of your scale from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, especially a product like bone broth, where <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you know, meat products are already not this, the, they're, they're, they're a higher risk than obviously like a vegan product or something. And, and then on top of that is like getting the formulation, right. Understanding like shelf stability, understanding, you know, how it works on a production, uh, standpoint and the process that way. So, you know, you can't just start making bone broth in your house and sell it like it's illegal, <laughs> you know, you, but you can do that with like cookies. So, you know, right. Working, yeah, right. So, you know, I was working with a food lab early on and I was doing a couple like pilot runs with them just to get the recipe right. And I went to a couple trade shows and, you know, had a lot of people tell me to my face that it tasted like shit. And <laughs> it's very humbling, sobering experience. I'm like, okay, here we go.
0: So uh, glad I did this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of moments. I mean, within the first couple of years, even that I was very close to giving up. And I mean, Honestly, like still happens from time to time, you know. But when I hear that now inside, I'm just like, it's okay. It's just one of those days, you know? Right. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was working with the food lab and making sure, you know, you kind of get the uh, you know, get a food scientist on board who's like telling you what the the food safety things that you should think about. But ultimately you have to get like a minor in <laughs> food food science yourself, you know, when you're dealing with this kind of product. So I did that and then didn't really have a place to produce, but then this kind of commercial kitchen opened up not too like around actually 2016 and I started producing there. It was called food starter at the time. It's uh, now called district ventures kitchen, which was, it was acquired by district ventures. So, uh, it's a nice little facility to, for food companies to kind of get started. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you had a driving force, like let's talk about the benefits of bone broth, because as once you started doing it, you Mm. were feeling different. It was changing your whole digestive system. So let's talk about bone broth and its benefits and versus just plain broth.
1: Totally. Yeah. I mean, I never really drank plain broth. Like I, I mean, it's not really a thing that you just drink, you know, but I had known about plain broth kind of thing as like this additive to soups. And then when I started to understand, oh, bone broth is actually like a completely different thing. It's like you take these bones and you simmer them for a really long time so that you're extracting all the nutrients, particularly the collagen protein in it. And, you know, when you you know strain out the bones and you kind of have the finished product, you have this like dense liquid that is highly nutritious, you know, and, and so when I was consuming it every day, it was like, you know, giving it giving it a try, like, you know, I'm gonna drink this every single morning for my coffee. And, uh, and there was just like, this very palpable sense of this is amazing, like what is going into my body right now? I don't know. But it feels so good. And you know, I, I think about the main benefits I've gotten from it is really like, Kind of this this energy which i i refer to like kind of a mario like super mario on you know after he eats like one of those mushrooms and he's in this like invincible mode you know that's kind of <laughs> how i feel when i consume <laughs> consume a cup of bone broth and so it's kind of this energy component and then it's also you know a way that to satiate hunger so like it really yeah. kicks these cravings that you know you might have midday or mid afternoon and you want to like grab a snack like it completely eradicates that at least for me and and then lastly it's just the digestion piece where it's like okay things are feeling a lot better now like they're just feeling more stable almost you know And, and and there isn't like something i'm eating that will throw me off and usually it's it is the snacking that can throw me off you know it is kind of like the, you know, the, the healthy vegan treat that actually has a bit of sugar in it. That's, you know, notice is not the best thing for me, you know? And so anyway, that's, those are the main, main benefits for me.
0: And you talk about collagen. So let's talk about the benefits of collagen and then other ingredients are in the bone broth and why they're so good for you.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, collagen is, you know, it's tons of studies on it now. And, uh, you know, a lot of people take it as a supplement, but you know, I think it's always, it's, it's hard to find in food, you know, and that's, that's the thing. Right. And the, you know, you can find it in a little bit of fish and stuff, but really the most dense source of collagen comes from bone broth. It's the, like really the only food on the planet that can give you that, uh, solid source of it. Uh, and I'm, I'm always, I'm a big believer in getting your nutrition from food first. Right. And, not to say the powder, like the supplements, not really a food. I mean, it is extracted from sources that are, you know, pretty good. And at least most of them that I know, but it's, it's different, right? It's like the, how are you absorbing a liquid versus like a powder? I don't know the science behind it and I'm not going to pretend to know, but I, I imagine there's something different. It's like, you know, humans have evolved to eat food, not really powders, you know, not to say there isn't a space for powders. I think they're there is, but it's just, uh, to me, like a supplement should be supplemental to food, right? (laughs) But otherwise, yeah, collagen is just, you know, it makes up over 30% of the protein in our body, Uh, our skin, hair, nails, joints, uh, all that stuff, cartilage. So, you know, the, the kind of, the thought is that, like, if we eat this stuff, it's probably good for those parts of our body, you know, it's how we absorb them. And, so, you know, it's great for our hair, skin, our nails, joints, all that stuff I mentioned, you know, but I think the big thing is, is this like how it reacts in our gut, you know, very few people will ever have a reaction to bone broth, you know, and, and I've actually heard some people do because they have like a bit of an intolerance, to, like histidine or something like that. Something I've uh, read about recently, but you know, that, that'd be a very minor amount of people. I'm sure that there's, you know, any, you can pick any food on the planet. Someone's probably has some sort of one one person in the world might have an allergy to it, you know? So, so it doesn't surprise me that they would to bone broth as well. But I think ultimately for the most part, most people, if they consume it, it's a very, like I said, stable food that, you know, you consume in your gut. And it's also just this, like, if it's a, it's a warm liquid. So like, you know, think about drinking ginger tea or, you know, something warm, that doesn't really have anything in it that can be reactive to our gut microbiome, you know, and, and most of the things that actually like react in our biome, like our, our gut biome are carbohydrates, right. And, um, and I've personally even noticed that with some vegetables, like I, I shouldn't be eating certain vegetables, you know, and at least in excess, you know, so other vegetables I do amazing with, you know, like sweet potatoes, or, you know, other starches, like brown rice, like does really well with me, you know, but uh, you you always have to, I think, take a look at these different types of starches and carbohydrates we're consuming and how they react with each person individually, you know, and, um, and I think with bone broth, it's like, you don't really have to worry so much about that. It's actually just this like nice thing that can get into your gut and and your gut just like takes it in and absorbs it nicely
0: and then you also okay so you have the four flavors with two beef you got parsley and cumin and tomato and smoked paprika and then the chicken you have ginger and turmeric my favorite and sriracha and chili so let's talk about Mm. the health benefits that you've added in these herbs and spices with Mm. the bone broth like why did you choose them why what are the health benefits to it yeah, I already know yeah. a lot about turmeric, but yeah. a lot of people don't know. And we know that this is a very important place to be implementing into our health.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Turmeric is massive, particularly for inflammation. Yeah. Um, and that's, that was a big reason why I chose it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, obviously like, you know, anytime I'm injured or whatever, I'm, I actually take a turmeric supplement, like a curcumin supplement. Um, so it's, it's tons of studies that show that it's really beneficial for inflammation. But for the most part, these other flavors were chosen more for flavor than they were for the medicinal health benefits. Like, you know, a lot of these flavors definitely have like really nice herbs and spices that are super beneficial. But I would say like the other than the turmeric ginger being like more focused on the medicinal properties, the other ones were more flavor focused. Um, And that was like one thing that I just really wanted to have from the beginning is to def- differentiate really from other broth companies. And, you know, a lot of other broth companies have kind of like your your standard chicken broth, your standard beef broth, which are great. And actually like I'm working on that a flavor of that because a lot of customers have asked for just a, just a plain flavor. But what I really wanted to do from the beginning was just have something where, you know, people don't really have to add anything to these flavors. They can just drink it as is. Whereas like the plain broths, you'll get a lot of different perspectives. Like some people like it as is, just salty. Some people hate it as is. So they'll add something to it. And then, you know, there's all these different things. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just like make a really – let's just make all these flavors taste good and, you know, give people options. Because some people don't like spicy, for example. That's a pretty polarizing flavor. Um, Some people absolutely love it, you know, and they like (laughs) – they're like obsessed with it you know and other people are just like they can't really do it you know and but that's why we have four flavors and you know ideally more coming out in the future
0: and aside from just drinking it i know a lot of people are implementing it into recipes and things like that so how can we use it other than just drinking it
1: yeah for sure i mean you know cooking it with like rice for example would be really nice yeah. yeah having a nice flavored rice yeah any kind of stir fry any kind of soup as well Uh, My mom actually has some cool recipes with like, uh, like coconut milk, like with some coconut milk soups. So it's interesting, because some of them are like, more like acidic kind of tangy flavors. And when you mix it with a coconut milk, it's, it's like a little weird, but it like tastes, I like it. I love it. You know, it tastes great. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's good.
0: And I know that you've been advertising and promoting yourself a little bit more. And what one thing that I really like about you and getting to know you more is that you're incredibly unassuming and authentic. And yeah. one of your advertisements on especially even on Facebook is that you're like, oh, I don't even know what to do for my advertisement. And that's your ad. So yeah. talk to me more about that, because I love that that's a really great. Totally. Yeah, 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 go ahead.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the, one of the funnest things I've ever done probably, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like very creative, fun process, you know, and, and really the, the motivation behind it is like, you got to stand out somehow, uh, with this kind of, you know, sea of information that comes at us every, every day, you know, and, and, you know, typical like Facebook ads will be like, Hey, look at, look at my product. Like, uh, you know, and, not to say those don't work. And, you know, we have some of those for sure. You know, it's like, look at this product. It's great. It's delicious. It looks beautiful. Click on this ad. You should try this product. That's kind of what you're trying to convey very quickly, you know, but with Facebook ads in particular, there's, you know, you, you really need to think about a ton of different variety and like different approaches. And I love this kind of unconventional approach, especially, you know, we're a small brand, like we don't have a huge budget for creative and things like that. And, so this was just shot on an iPhone and like, it was me and a buddy like at my cottage and we were just like, do you want to try to make a funny ad for, <laughs> for Roy? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, and, uh and there was just, that was the whole concept behind it was like, I don't even know what to make this ad about, but this is an ad, you know? And it, it's just like whole, you know, just like fun way of expressing the, the brand in, in a way, you know? And, and one big thing I'm big on is like, connecting myself to the brand and really showing that there's a face behind this. And, you know, there's someone who really cares about this product and someone who's just like deeply passionate about it, but also like not the most serious human being ever, you know, like someone you can relate to just by like watching this ad and be like, oh, that's cool. Like he likes to have fun too. So do I, you know, (laughs) um, (laughs) that was super fun. Yeah. So that ad actually did really well. And, uh, and and we're now creating kind of like a, a follow up on it, which which is uh, which is going to be fun. I'm super pumped to get that one out.
0: <laughs> no, it was great. I love it. Uh, it shows that your love of the product and also kind of your authenticity. So I'm going to pivot here. And on this podcast, we talk a lot about body and mind positive conversations. And we've talked a lot about your body. But we also you're also very self aware and a very reflective person. You have talked about right. internal family systems. Tell us more about that and what that means mm. to you.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. Um so yeah, internal family systems it's a therapeutic modality. Uh actually started it started seeing a, an IFS for short, started seeing IFS therapist. Around the same time I started Broya, which was actually a really good idea, you know, because I think entrepreneurship is especially when you're doing it yourself is a very lonely journey, you know, and uh everything and, and kind of the responsibility that you take on with it is enormous, you know? And so there's a lot of pressure, a lot of, you know, fear, doubt, all these things. And so working with an IFS therapist at the time was incredible, you know, and it was uh, really helped me through a lot of things and kind of later realized like, wow, this is such an incredible way, not just to work with in therapy, but like to work with in your life. Cause it's, it comes from this like premise of, you know, we all have these multiple different personalities inside of us, which, you know, we call parts in IFS. And so these different parts of us, and it's quite intuitive to a lot of people. It's like, okay, so there's this part of me that is, you know, um, there's there's a part of me that's like excited to start this business, right? For example. And then there's another part of me that's actually like, really afraid. It's like, oh no, like, am I going to that part says, like, am I really going to be able to do it, you know, and you kind of have this conversation in your head. And then that excited part is like, no, no, don't worry, like, we're going to do it, this is going to be great, you know, and, and so there's this, there's literally a conversation happening between these two different parts of you, you know, but for the most part, people just say, like, ah, I'm really excited. And it's like, and then you're like, oh, I'm really scared. It's like, we say I am, you know, this thing, but really, it's, you know, if you take the perspective that these are actually two different parts of you and it's not your full self, then you can kind of unglue from these, you know, these thoughts or feelings or, you know, personalities really that live within us and start to observe it more from, you know, a place of, you know, calm or a place of, you know, compassion, especially if, you know, the part is feeling stressed or anxious or fearful um, if you can extend some of you know your compassion towards it, then that part of you will kind of immediately relax. and and the whole, again, like the kind of the the overarching thing behind it are these different parts of us. but underneath uh, these parts of us, ifS kind of says we have this undamaged essence that they call the self. Uh, and the self is that essence that we all have that every single human has it. And again, it's it's undamaged. So like, you know, even the worst, serial killer in the world has it it's just their systems have been absolutely torn apart through traumatic events that they have now these super extreme parts taking over their system and they feel like they have to go you know kill someone or something you know it's a very that's obviously the most extreme example but that's the way ifs would kind of look at it is like actually everyone deep down does have like a really you know deep essence of love and compassion and but it's just navigating these parts and getting to that and, and ultimately getting that essence to come towards these parts from within. And, and so we all have this capability to do that, right? Yeah.
0: And how has that been a catalyst in your life Mm -hmm. using those thoughts?
1: I mean, it's, it's everything really like there's, so it's really what the to me, it's, it's if we really decide to, you know, go for something, you know, and, and really like give everything to something, whether that's a business or whether that's a marriage or parenthood or whatever, like big things, you know, there is ultimately extreme parts of us that are going to come to the surface, you know, and these extreme parts can range from depression to anger to you know, drug abuse, like every type of extremity that is that throws us off kind of like who we really are, right? Like that, that kind of calm centered essence. Um, And so for me, it's like, okay, well, I do want to do big things in this life in terms of like, I want to learn a lot. Like my, my goal is kind of learning um, this whole human experience. And I think one of the best ways to do it is entrepreneurship, you know? And so if I didn't have this kind of inner practice, it would be a lot harder, you know? So, yeah.
0: No, that's incredible. It's definitely a lot of ideas for people to kind of consider. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this one last question because it was, and we're going to circle it back because I wanted to know, you know, with all this thought process of, uh, you know, that within your self reflection, where did the name Broya come from?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, so, like I said, I, I started this with, um, like three other guys at the time. So there was like, there was kind of this, you know, we were all kind of thinking about the name early on. And um, and really it was the, it wasn't anything that was like, you know, we were ba- basically the the whole concept came from, we want to be something interesting and fun, you know, and something that's fun to say and not too hard to say, but like, you know, kind of this like fun, like easy thing to say. So we thought like, okay, bro. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, has a little bit of broth in it, but it's not really like, we're not saying broth, you know, like we, we want it to especially be a made up word. Um, (laughs) because, you know, I think, I think a lot of great brands have made up words, you know, like Nike or Vega or whatever, you know, it's like a lot of these brands are just like, "What, what does that even mean? You know? And, but the, the issue with being a made up word is that like, in early on, it's, it's a lot more work because you need to, explain to every single person like you know what you are right but if you're something else like the bone broth company and people know who you are from the beginning it's like oh they do bone broth you know but yeah I didn't want to do that because if I kind of pigeonholed myself into being like the bone broth company then you know then I wouldn't be able to expand into any anything else and I was like I don't know where this business is gonna go this is very early so let's do something that's like fun and kind of you know, phonetically pleasing and, and made up.
0: So I know that you had talked to me about that you're going to be going 100% organic. But what's on the horizon for Broya?
1: Yeah, yeah. So actually, we we are 100% organic in these new pouches. Um, but one of the big changes we're going to be doing is for the beef broth specifically. We're going to actually drop the organic certification. And there's a big reason behind this. The reason is because right now we're sort of sourcing organic beef bones, but we're going to be switching to 100% grass fed grass finished. Um, so that is a big change and something that I'm really excited about, because 100% grass fed grass finish is just it's better for the environment. It's better for your health. Not to say organic beef is still great. Don't get me wrong. But you know, I'm the kind of person that like, I want to make sure it's the best quality that we can ever get. And the, and, you know, the one thing with organic is that they don't, they aren't finished on grass. They're finished on grains, like organic grains, which again, is not, not the worst thing. Like it's not corn and soy, like conventional beef, but it is, you know, it's not optimal. Like it it is actually better to be finished off on grass. Uh, So that's why we're doing it. And uh, you know, I've connected with uh, a few farmers across Canada that are just doing some incredible things on the 100% grass fed front. And I really want to support them because it's, to me, it's, it's a big part of this mission as well is to support farmers that are um, utilizing regenerative agriculture practices. Yeah. Um, And what regenerative agriculture basically means is that the soil is very fertile and the soil is healthy. And when the soil is healthy, especially when you manage cattle properly, it actually allows for carbon to be sequestered into the soil rather than through into the atmosphere. Um, and this is one of the big things that a lot of people don't really know about beef, particularly or cattle farming. A lot of people think it's not great for the environment. And, and yeah, like conventional beef is not good for the environment. But when you're managing cattle properly, and they're eating grass their whole life, it's actually one of the best things you could do for the environment and has the potential to even reverse climate change. So um, really excited about that.
0: Oh, no, that's amazing. No, that's really incredible. And I'm so happy to have you on now I know how to reach out to you. But how can other people reach out to you and connect?
1: Totally. Yeah. So can definitely follow us on Instagram, Broya living, that's B-R-O-Y-A living. Uh, our website's the same thing, broyaliving.com. And Facebook, same thing, broyaliving. Uh, and otherwise, yeah, that's, if you want to send us a message, send us through our website and we'll we'll get back to you quick too
0: oh no thank you so much tim i'm definitely a fan <laughs> i've been using great. it for a month and i'm hooked so thank you so much for coming on to our podcast
1: cool thanks to you this was fun thanks this was great
0: you. thank yeah. you if you like today's podcast and has left you wanting more check us out at thenakedpointofview.com to hear how more my inspiring guests are making an impact on body and mind positivity if you're finding us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. And speaking of which, if you want to reach out, we always want to know more about what you'd like to hear from us. So you can find us on social media at The Naked Point of View, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. Or you can email us at thenakedpointofview at gmail.com. I'm Dee, Dee Croslin and thank you for listening to us. Bear it all.